Hello and welcome to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Martha. Thank you for being here with us. This week's episode is another instalment in our Reflections series, looking back at the content published across RA. Today we are on the topic of nightlife. We'll be hearing from promoter Alice Woods and curator Bernard Coombson as we reflect on a panel posted on our YouTube channel a few weeks ago that posed the question, how can we protect the future of nightlife? This podcast is supported by Jägermeister and is a part of the Save the Night campaign that they're currently running with Berlin Club Tresor. They've pledged €50,000 to five of your impactful, community-driven and innovative ideas for rejuvenating nightlife across the globe. You have until the 1st of November to submit your idea. We will leave a link for where you need to head in the description of this podcast. Ideas will be reviewed by the industry experts who were on that Future of Nightlife panel. And I'm joined by one of those panellists right now, Bernard Coombson, the founder of Dead Hype. Hello, Bernard. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, um, I'm Bernard from um, the collective Dead Hype. Welcome to the exchange. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, Perhaps you could tell everyone a bit more about what Dead Hype is. Yeah, so um, Dead Hype started as um, a radio station, so we wanted to take radio out of like the um, traditional spaces or studios and and just like put it in, you know, random spots so people can enjoy to see a DJ, but at the same time the DJ can um, like feel free and have a nice space to to play and play what they want and not have to um, conform in any way. And yeah, then we moved on to just like the people that were coming to events. We just got chances to go to bigger spaces, and then we started. Um, consulting for some brands but also consulting for governments um so it was it just was a natural evolution of creating like um a nice space for not only musicians but for community and then trying to do that with with more people and collaborate mm. further and wider really nice and so you started out in london and now you're living in germany i'm sure there's a lot of contrasts and similarities in terms of the nightlife scene um but i'd be really curious to hear what you look for in like a dream night out um these days yeah most definitely i mean london is um had some of the best places to go out and best places to party you know so it was like big shame in the last like couple of years when you just start to lose these opportunities and i mean germany is quite the opposite like there are these big spots that like cultural but at the same time new places are coming all the time so it's um a lot of smaller communities are like finding space and just like doing nights um booking djs that they love or booking djs like locally that they love and yeah, it just is, it's so exciting to go out in Berlin, you know, and this is um, something that is just um, a privilege here. You know, you can really enjoy it to, to party and, and feel free. Mm. Um, so on this podcast, we usually summarise um, the original piece of content and then kind of build on a few of the key topics um, that were raised and also provide any like updates or shifts in thought since the panel. Um, and there was a few things that I thought Oh, I'd really like to hear more about that when I was watching the panel. So let's start with a point that you raised about younger people and the kind of new generation of nightlife professionals in the making um, and how they're doing things and what kind of needs to be done in order to make room for them. Um, When you were bringing that point up, was there anyone that you had in mind in terms of like young local collectives or creatives that you think are doing interesting things in the nightlife space? 
Yeah, I mean, there's um, there's so many um, collectives, and I, I I don't I don't want to just give one and and you know like not give love to all of them, but you know there are some um, really exciting people to look out for in Berlin, and and it's not only from the spaces. So like um, Aiden is a great space to look out for, like all of the the different like um, artists and and collectives and DJs uh, performing there at the same time. Um, uh, Trezor has this new place and they have a like really great creation of nights tennis bar has some you know i, I don't want to like just shout out one collective and not shout out the rest but so i really would give like um some spaces to look at and when you look through like their lineups and their rosters you're going to see like um some of like the greatest new coming talent like trauma bar is a great example um yeah just to name a few and it's it's really cool to see not only these spaces offering um the chance you know for like new nights that are not conventionally like single genre um events with like djs that are not necessarily you know like conforming to the the old ideals of like having to yeah you know do it this this old school way and, and be like one of these like big edm kind of like route uh artists and and you know a lot of these are the musicians they're doing other things on the side you know so they're not just like you know the skill set is like way more um uh, broad than then maybe people that were like, okay, I'm a musician, I'm just going to do DJing or I'm just going to like, whatever, you know, like whatever their calling was. So it's nice to see. Um, also no like hostility, you know, not no one is saying you can't or no one is trying to like, you know, like push the the thought process of you saying, hey, you know, I want to do nights, I want to do events and, and or I'm not going to come to your thing because I have my own thing. So that like feeling of uh, collaboration is really cool to see. And um not to say it was not like that when when I was when I started, but it's cool to see that that is the energy, you know, because that's what also makes you love to go out and love to to do what you do as well. Mm. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so looking back at your own experience and your own journey, how would you say like knowledge sharing across the different areas of the the nightlife world has kind of been something that's helped you build your own little infrastructure? Um, I, I would say that, you know, I, I had this, I had this crazy job, um, before I used to work as uh, Richie Horton's like digital marketing manager, you know, so I was like, uh, um, working with like them and I got to see the, like the infrastructure of a DJ, you know, how does, how does it work? You know, how do they, you know, um, maintain this career? Like how, like, how do they do music? How do they have like all these additional ideas? And this was so nice to see because, you know, I I really want to be a DJ and I've I've always wanted to like you know I always say like I'm I'm not a DJ but I like to play but there are so many DJs that can benefit from just this information of how to to set yourself up what kind of jobs are there for the people around you and your friends that are maybe looking for something to like sink their teeth in before they they go to the next journey or you know or just a way to build experience so there's like a really interesting um, ecosystem behind being a DJ that maybe sometimes when people grow they don't share this they don't they don't they don't bring that back down but i think there's a lot more of this happening a lot more like, like resources the internet has created like a really great like yeah reference point that you can go and you can like learn about like like uh paradise garage and, and larry levan and how he was doing it in new york and and this would be like so specialist information you know and now it's like there are like great radio stations there were great like platforms like um like resident advisor is an example you know where people can have conversations and talk about um experiences and as as artists or as creatives in in the in the world of music um 
so yeah it's just it's just like more resources available and you don't need to have that specialist knowledge you can just go and and, and start to dig into like hey i really like this track who are the writers who are the producers who are the composers who um what label released this track what label what other you know there's just so much information that you can just get like immediately that maybe was harder to get before mm. and what do you hope the impact will be longer term of like that shift in the power dynamic of being able to access that information i think that people will become more archivists like so they will just um, start to share more of their process and think about how they can like journal it and write it down or or even to like um create video or whatever just to aggregate their time or their moment in whatever creative field they're in and how someone else can just like open that book at a different time or open this archive and and learn and see um just like great information that's structured for someone to do the same or to just be inspired by what they what happened Mm, absolutely um and one other thing that i kind of noticed from watching the panel discussion between all of you guys was that safety seems to be an issue that's on a lot of people's minds um, right now. It's one of the most kind of prolific things, especially when you guys were taking questions from the audience. I know that uh, someone raised a point about women's safety, specifically in Berlin. Uh, and on, I think, the last episode of this program, um, it was a whole special about the spiking epidemic and how that's all kind of going and the kind of age of uncertainty. Um, that we're kind of living through. And there was this amazing quote from your co-panelist, Lou, um, where she said that understanding of safety is different for different people. Um, How have you seen that uh, quote come into play in real life, like either in a good way or in a bad way in your local scene? I think it's always um, from the perspective of the club, sometimes they're thinking for the people rather than bringing the people into the conversation to actually like tell them you know because I'm, I'm i'm thinking about this the spiking epidemic and especially like unsafety for women and it's like can i really speak on this or rather all these clubs that have faced these problems they should actually like you know do these open calls to have people come in and, and really like share their stories share that share the, the things that have happened to them that's like uh, created like an uncomfortable feeling in a space where you should feel most comfortable and feel most free so I think that there's just more of this like institutional work for people to actually open their doors, have conversations, try to like understand, try to like help not to speak for the people, but to speak through the people to let them actually have a say in how should these things happen? Because, of course, like then we can go into, yeah, but now there's a diversity and inclusion that at the doors and the bounces need to be briefed on this. I don't know. I, I feel like that's just um, a quick way out of like dealing with it, say, oh, yeah, we do that. So now it's fine rather than really like addressing and being accountable for like not only the people that this has happened to but um you know opinion leaders and and community leaders that can come in and and actually give you support and advice you know uh that can be mutually beneficial for both you know Mm, i really agree with that actually like this dance music thing has become a real industry and you know other businesses in other corners of the world they consult with experts when they have an issue and you know, the same thing should be done. I think that's a really, really good point. So true. I mean, like McKinsey or these kind of big agencies come in and they do an audit and tell you like, oh yeah, fire all these people. So, I mean, (laughs) that kind of makes sense, you know, to the same extent. Yeah. And I think it's just like growing pains, I guess, of an industry that's, you know, it's not that old really compared to some industries. So yeah, it's a very interesting time for nightlife. Um, 
really good to hear from you today. So thank you so much for coming in to share your experiences. Um, what's next for you and what's next for Dead Hype in the nightlife space? We are definitely trying to like link up with, you know, players like like Jägermeister to really try and um, create like impactful projects, you know, stuff that we can, um, yeah, just like give all of our learnings to, to try and make it make sense for for the people who will we'll reach out to. So this 50K fund, you know, the Save the Night fund, is really is something that I'm, I'm quite passionate about you know like I, I really care about it and I think that you know we're going to dive into looking at all the applications and see um you know there's still time to apply of course uh but yeah to go through all the applications and see um yeah how to best cater this money for somebody that wants to um yeah just create a lot of impact in nightlife So what are some of the things to think about when considering the future of nightlife? Alice Woods is the promoter behind All Under One Roof, a club night for people with physical and learning disabilities. She's also one of the organisers of Meet Free, a Manchester-based club night that is celebrating 10 years next year. I asked Alice to share what she feels are the most prominent challenges facing the nightlife industry at this point in time. The challenges within nightlife are, they're indicative of kind of the wider issues going on in society. So, you know, I think obviously after lockdown, everyone was really excited to go out again. There was a real big boom. And then I think a lot of people are seeing that tail off. Um, You know, one, there's going to be a natural kind of uh, rebalance, you know, of that. But two, I think, you know, everyone is facing, of course, these rising kind of living costs and things like that um so yeah people are kind of are pulling back on those you know luxuries essentially you know people are being forced to choose um but of course it's always the great irony that in these kind of times it's when you need sort of nightlife and clubbing and things like that more more than ever but i think kind of the one of the biggest um challenges i think everyone's really finding it hard just in terms of of ticket sales so it being very um, kind of unpredictable, very last minute, um, you know, sales. I think everyone probably agree, you know, certainly everyone that that we speak to within kind of Manchester and surrounding is that they see it's kind of everything in the last week. So it's quite, um, you know, you really have to hold your nerve essentially and kind of believe that it'll that it'll come through. Um, but that's probably the biggest issue that most people are, are facing at the minute, I think. Mm, yeah, I can kind of under- understand why people might be waiting until the last minute to say that they're definitely going to go to something, but very stressful for the promoters on, on the other side. Definitely. It? You guys have been running Meat Free for 10 years. Um, are these quite new issues or is this a repeat of everything, anything that you've ever seen before, any patches that you've kind of been through before or is this new territory? Um, I think it's quite new territory. I mean, obviously with promoting, it is it is up and down. It is, um, you know, it's unpredictable. You know, sometimes you can do everything perfectly and just the stars don't align for that party. You know, because we've been going for so long now, we do have kind of the luxury of a, of a you know fairly solid core following. Um, and then you know with every year, kind of new people, you know some people drop off, new people join join along. So we are lucky that we do have that kind of core. But I think this is the first time where it's felt so, kind of pronounced and so widespread. Beforehand, it's always just been, you know, peaks and troughs, and that's kind of the natural way of the how things go. But 
Um, I think it's more consistent now um, because and everyone's kind of feeling those those pressures essentially. Yeah. And after this kind of pause that you mentioned that like the lockdown brought on and this rebuilding moment, um, what are your kind of hopes and you guys at Meet Free, what's your like core priorities that you want to take forward after having a little pause and a little moment to reset and reflect? I think with lockdown, it kind of went one of two ways. You know, people sort of felt like they sort of lost their their love for it or, you know, it just felt a bit hopeless and they kind of maybe moved on from promoting or let, or let it go. And, you know, unfortunately, some parties and clubs really suffered. Um, but I think for us, we really came back with kind of a new, like renewed energy, like a new vigour for, you know, it really reminded us why we started Meet Free in the first place. You know, we wanted to create these places and dance floors that could be very welcoming, could be very open to people, um, you know, could feel really warm and really create, I know it's really a cliche and over-egged, but kind of create this community. And then also in terms of the musical side of things, we've always kind of had this real mix of kind of paying, you know, homage to sort of the techno legends. You know, we've had, you know, people like Ben Sims have played for us on multiple occasions, but then balancing it with this space that we can bring new talent and I think one thing Meet Free has always done quite well is we've always had a lot of debuts you know bringing people to Manchester for the first time especially um, and that's something that we've continued to be able to do because we've built this kind of um, you know we've, we've built up a trust with the, the people who come so even if they're not aware of that artist that much you know they'll kind of know that it's going to be good. <laughs> mm. And yeah, when I think about like the future of nightlife, it's kind of those special moments, like those occasions, you know, those debuts, the first time you're going to see your favourite or your new favourite artist in your local area. Um, but also it makes me think of like, you know, young promoters now um, and how to sort of get into the whole side of actually putting on parties. Um, yeah. I feel like things are more transparent around like how to actually put on an event these days and there's a kind of more like open conversations around oh you have to get a contract with the artists and these are all the different members of staff of their team that are involved um is it something that you guys think about uh, sort of like laying out those facts for any younger promoters that might come to you yeah and I think um a lot of promoter younger promoters in the city do kind of come to us and I think you know because they sort of know who we who we are um and they know that we're approachable essentially um you know they'll they will come to us and ask come to us and ask for advice on things and we're always happy to do it because we always want to see you know you want to see the scene you know keep you know to stay fresh and you want to see it kept alive so they will come to us and you know they'll kind of maybe message us and ask us if they're looking at an artist on a certain date maybe ask us if we got anything else going on that date because they don't want to clash, for example, and things like that. So I think that openness and that transparency um, is a really good thing. And I, I do agree. I think that actually putting on a night is more, it's more accessible than it was before. You know, I feel like when we started it 10 years ago, um, we were probably one of the first all-female crews to be doing it. Um, and it did feel very much like there was a lot of gatekeeping going on um, and there was kind of that old boys club, essentially, you know, we, we don't need to go over all that old ground again. But I think now, because of people like us and people, um, you know, other promoter crews who, you know, are more 
it's more inclusive now, it has diversified um, and those kind of gatekeepers um, aren't really allowed to do that anymore essentially. So I think there is that side of it, which is a positive for sure. And have you been out much lately and have you seen or you know experienced any kind of positive or significant kind of nights out recently that have made you think about the future of nightlife in a different way? Yeah I think something that um, and it kind of happened after lockdown as well there was a lot of people I feel like the DIY spirit felt a little bit revived and I think I don't know if it was maybe because the pandemic maybe made everyone feel like everything felt so hopeless that actually it was like why not why not just give it a go what have we got to lose type of thing so I think when you took when we took away that pressure and it, it kind of opened up these new doors so um I think there's a lot of new nights popping up in Manchester um that are really you know really good to see so there's a new techno party called Tariba they're kind of a young crew like doing really interesting things um nights like tough act and glass houses are um trans-led nights which we, we weren't really seeing before you know I think a lot of a lot of good things have happened in the music industry that really needed to happen in terms of that kind of um, diversification and inclusivity. But I think there's, you know, there's still so many barriers to break down and it's still not where it, where it needs to be in terms of being, you know, fully accessible, fully inclusive and, you know, not just kind of um, equal, but kind of equitable as well. So um, I think seeing these younger nights with um, different faces and different approaches, I think that's a really great thing to see. Um, and it you know that definitely gives you hope for the future that you you know you are seeing these interesting um ideas and new angles and things mm. yeah really nice do you have any advice that you could share for people who um want to work in nightlife and it would actually be really useful to hear your journey of how you started getting going yeah um i mean i moved to manchester just before um i started meet free um, I had worked on like the doors of clubs and things back in Belfast um, so I'd always kind of been in that world but I didn't ever think about putting on my own night or even DJing um, and it was really just a chance meeting so Steffi and Tasha who um, everyone will know as Blasha and Alet um, they were DJing in the bar of Sankey's and for me that was actually quite an unusual thing to see um, you know female DJs so I just bumped into Steffi in the on the dance floor and or in a corridor or something and kind of just said, Oh, like kind of fangirled about like, oh, it's really nice to see you guys playing. And then we just started chatting and it turned out that Steffi was moving to Manchester in a couple of weeks. So we sort of swapped numbers and um became friends and then one warehouse project night, kind of the rest is history type of thing. And then after um after a couple of years of running Meat Free, then I started to DJ myself. But it was only with the support um of the other of the other girls in Meat Free that I would have ever been able to do that essentially. Um but I think there is so much more access now, which is amazing. There's so many more, you know, free workshops and things. I think that's one thing you know, we talk about kind of accessibility and inclusivity. I think, you know, the financial barrier is a huge thing that a lot of people face. So things like free workshops, um, et cetera, are so, are so useful. So, you know, crews like All Hands on Deck are doing, you know, great work in that area. Um, and in terms of kind of advice that I would give, I guess it's just like make sure you're in it for the right reasons. You know, we've seen plenty of nights come and go and that's the natural way things will happen. And I think we've stuck around for so long because we've always... We've always done things for the right reasons um, and that's what's, you know, we, that's what's kept us in love with it essentially. 
I think as well, the other thing is, I know you're throwing a party, but like be professional. It sounds so silly, but make sure that you you keep a record of your, um, you know, your finances. You don't get too giddy and just spend all your door profits in one night and, you know, put that money away, save, conduct yourself professionally, make sure you do your research. You know, when you're reaching out to agents, when you're looking after artists, when you're working with the staff at the clubs, things like that, you know, just, just be professional, be polite and, um, and be nice to people, essentially. I know all these things sound really obvious, but I think sometimes we forget because we're throwing parties and everyone's having a good time. You can get swept away in that, um, but you have to kind of remember that you ha- you are running a business as well. And, you know, even though that sounds maybe a bit crass, people don't want to talk about the money side of things. But if you want to keep doing it, um, then, you know, you have to view it as a business as well. So um, and then my other advice would be just to, you know, do ask people, do ask those older people in the in the scene. You know, like I say, we're always really happy if someone reaches out to us and um it's it's nice it's you know it's it's humbling that people you kind of want our advice and things like that um, and we're always happy to give it so yeah just you know speak to those other crews don't step on people's toes um and yeah just just be sensible i guess about how you do things <laughs> that's really nice um you kind of answered this already but i just wanted to double check is there anyone people or collectives that are sort of bringing interesting or new ideas uh, to the table in regards to like ways of managing being a promoter and working in nightlife there's so many I think you know the the black artist database was an amazing initiative that sprung up um in the pandemic and what they've done since has been you know incredible what kind of started out as a spreadsheet you know look where it's kind of gone and I know that there are similar things happening um in Manchester in terms of um disabled database, um, trans and non-binary database, things like that. So those kind of things that are not just kind of, you know, people putting on nights. The putting on nights is is important, but the work that's being done on the ground to kind of enable things to get better, I think is just as important. So things like that, I think, are really worth kind of um, keeping an eye on. And, and uh, I think that's a really, a really positive thing because it, it starts to build. Um, it's, it's just a really good foundation. You know, obviously putting on a night is amazing. But those other bits that are happening are what are the foundations of kind of um, a better nightlife in general. Absolutely. Um, so thinking ahead to the sort of near future, uh, maybe it's like this time next year. What are your kind of hopes and aspirations for Meat Free and also for the landscape of the nightlife industry? Um, so for Meat Free, I think, um, you know, next year's really exciting for us because it is our 10th year. We have like a huge kind of calendar of mad events planned and things. So I think it's probably just getting through the year for this next one because it's going to be so full on. Um, and yeah, we've got some really special things planned. So I guess I just hope that we can still do what we're doing um, and, you know, still bring up, you know, younger DJs and, and help people, you know get into the, uh, that side of things and so for for us yeah it's just kind of getting through the day I think in terms of the wider um nightlife I also run another night called Under One Roof which is a club night for people who have physical and learning disabilities um and that is something obviously that's very kind of close to my heart and I think that the accessibility both physical and kind of um metaphorical as as, I guess for disabled people I think is still a huge huge issue and you know people that come to under one roof it's probably it's the only night out they might have 
that you know I only, only do it once every couple of months but it might be the first time they've ever been out they might just not feel you know the one side of things is you know wheelchair access and things like that the other side is people just actually feeling welcome in spaces or you know feeling that a space is for them so I think that's something that I would really like to see improved um across the board really um, and we can start opening up because you know we talk so much about like open dance floors and things like that and like I said we have done so much work in terms of kind of you know, smashing the patriarchy, etc., and you know, increase in visibility and representation for people of color. But I think people with disabilities are still quite left behind, um, and that's a that's a wider societal issue. But I think as a as a nightlife industry, as um as a clubbing sector, I think we can we can be ones to lead the way on that. You know, people always say, "What would you like the future of Under One Roof to be?" And my answer is always like, "I don't want it to exist." I don't want there to be a need for it, a necessity for it. You know, I'd love to just see these things all all be as one and it not have to be kind of separated. But, you know, unfortunately at this point where we are, um, that's the only the only way we can do it. Well, Alice, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Your insights are very, very valuable. So thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Exchange and thanks to our guests Bernard and Alice for giving us a lot to think about when it comes to the future of nightlife. If you have a thought to add to the conversation we would love to hear it just drop us a comment on this podcast and as always our full archive is available for you to take in anytime you like. Find RA Exchange on your preferred podcast platform and hit subscribe. Until next time, take care.